This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, we've been talking a lot about the gas tax, the carbon tax that is added to the price of gas here as of April 1st, not an April Fool's joke. We've also just had a rather lively and heated open line segment when it comes to the speculation tax, the school tax on properties worth $3 million or more. And we talked about the Metro Vancouver Board giving itself a hefty retirement allowance as well as a raise. Don't we all wish we could vote that for ourselves? But... You, me, everyone in this province, we are going to be paying more for other items as well. And joining us to run down the list and talk about what exactly is going to cost us more is Keith Baldry. He is the Global BC Chief Political Reporter. Keith, great to have you back on the show. Great to be here, Jill. Uh, it is. It's a It's a daunting list when you look at how much, even though uh, the Premier seems to think we're not too concerned about gas prices going up, but there's a lot of other things going up as well. Well, yeah, and chief among them is uh, is BC Hydro rates. You know, the government had uh, said they were going to push for a freeze on, uh, on uh, BC Hydro rates that had been scheduled to go up 3% starting today. Uh, but the BC Utilities Commission said no, uh, BC Hydro can't afford that. So they're in a significant financial situation. So, no, the 3% uh, go, uh, takes effect starting today. That's about, uh, depends on how much energy you use, about 3 to $5 a month on your, on your hydro bill. And the reason it's going up today, April 1st is the first day of the government's fiscal year. So that means a lot of other taxes that the government imposes on you, and as well as fees. I haven't got an exhaustive list, but it's everything from hydro rates. Uh, the tobacco tax goes up. I don't smoke down the views, so we don't really care about that. Uh, home inspection fees are going up. There's going to be a, t- a new tax on expensive homes, as you mentioned, of worth more than $3 million. And sports cars priced at $125,000 or more. Again, I, I, last time I saw you, I didn't think you drove one of those. But <laughs> neither do I. Uh, so there's some luxury taxes going up. And, of course, the carbon tax, which affects everyone, goes up today as well. And over here in the capital, I forgot about this until I checked on it yesterday. We're actually, our fuel tax is going up over here, uh, I think, about two cents a liter. So that's actually one of the biggest increases uh, hitting anybody, our drivers in the capital region. We don't pay as much taxes for transit as you do in uh, Metro Vancouver. I think you pay 17 cents a liter over there. We're only going to be paying five and a half cents a liter over here. But that affects about 350000 People, there's also a federal escalator tax on. This is a new one um, that is on alcohol, and that means any time a federal tax goes up, that the taxes on alcohol goes up as much. It, 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 how much it is depends from province to province, but it will add a few cents to your bottle of wine or, or a case of beer or whatever. Uh, so those are uh, a number of the taxes that uh, are going up. There's probably some more as well. Keep in mind. Uh, every year, the amount of money the provincial government collects on fees and licenses goes up significantly. Like, you know, um, 10 years ago, it was around $650 million. Uh, Next year, or this year, it's close to a billion dollars, $958 million. So uh, fees and licenses are sort of this hidden tax that governments cling to, because it's not your income tax, which you notice every paycheck. It's not the sales tax, which you notice with every purchase. It's all these other little... Uh, bells and whistles, nickels and dimes that governments ding you with, whether it's, uh, I would expect the next time you renew your driver's license is probably going to cost you more than the last time you renew your driver's license, and these types of things. It's a, it's a hidden form of taxation that governments increasingly become fond of. Uh, indeed they do. You mentioned home inspection fees, and this one hasn't got a lot of play, but I find this one a huge 
reversal of what we keep hearing from the government in that they're committed to housing affordability, to doing things to help people find housing, get into the market and such. This flies in the face of that because this isn't a nickel or dime. This is a 36% increase and it's going to have another 25% increase the following two years, 2019 and 2020. And it's almost as if I mean, anybody, even if you're, you're a first-time buyer getting a condo, you're just trying to get into the market, that's obviously going to be passed down to people, and a home inspection is something that's a responsible thing to do. Yeah, no, exactly. No, there's a, as I say, in, in all the, the talk of the government's um, message about affordability and making things uh, easier for people, it's inevitable that governments, which are increasingly desperate for revenue, as I say, they're reluctant to increase income taxes because that gets all the attention. But you're, you're right, the home inspection fee doesn't affect everyone, but it does affect people who are buying homes or trying to buy homes. And again, because it's a smaller segment of society, they tend to pay a disproportionately high amount of tax taxation or or fees in this case. So it's, a, it's an example of the government... Uh, not being able to turn its back on on jacking up prices for people in in various services and and service deliveries and it, for all the talk from the BCNDP on the affordability side, uh, they're doing a number of things to defeat that entire message. Whether it's this one or uh, you know the carbon tax, John Horgan saying, "Oh, people will will just absorb and and carry on." Well, if you drive a truck or an SUV, you're going to be paying significantly more in your carbon tax than you were paying uh, uh, yesterday. So it's uh, it's life is becoming more expensive, no matter what this government wants to do about it. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned this too, and not a lot of sympathy for people who are buying cars that are one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. But I am curious because might this lead to, or I'm hearing anecdotally that why would you buy your car in BC? Why would you go to the dealership in Vancouver then? If you are somebody who's in the market for that, why not avoid the tax? Go buy it in Alberta and ship it back. Well, that that's been an argument that's been out there for some time on all sorts of goods because Alberta has no sales tax. Uh, it depending on what t- type of item you're buying, a high end purchase in particular. Uh, it makes sense to buy in Alberta. Not only would you avoid this particular tax on a, on a, on a high-priced uh, car, you'd also buy the sales tax. We've had there's been um, anecdotally stories of people buying refrigerators and such in in Alberta, and having them shipped back. And even with the shipping costs, you you net out at a lower lower price on a high-end refrigerator because you're not paying that that sales tax in Alberta. Uh, eventually, Alberta may have to bring in a sales tax because it is becoming crippled financially at the provincial government finance level. I mean, they're approaching $100 million in debt. Uh, so they may be forced to bring in a sales tax. But right now, you get a bit of a, quite a break, depending on, again, high-end purchases. If you, if you buy it in, uh, on the, just over the border from Cranbrook, you can uh, make a lot of money on your purchase, at least in terms of saving from taxation. Exactly. My guess is that more and more people are going to be looking at that. Uh, You mentioned hydro off the top as well. This one to me, because people uh, will remember that it was a campaign uh, promise, sorry, that it wasn't uh, going to go up. Uh, But I guess, does the NDP look at this as a bit of an out in that they can wash their hands of it and say, well, we promised that, but the Utilities Commission overruled us? Well, they can. I mean, they, they, they could come in and pass legislation to override the Utilities Commission. Um, the B.C. Liberals certainly ignored the B.C. Utilities Commission for a number of years, and the, and the NDP in the 90s ignoring the B.C. Utilities Commission as well when they had a hydro rate freeze in place for a number of years. But, uh, I mean, I guess you could also say to their credit they did not overrule a, a, a commission that is supposed to be independent, that's supposed to take a hands-off look at the finances 
of BC Hydro. But this was basically a foolish campaign uh, promise, which was they were called on in the election. We all said, wait a minute, you just can't snap your fingers and freeze hydro rates at a time when hydro is billion dollars in debt. Uh, is deferring billion dollars of expense, uh, six billion dollars of expenses down the road. They've had some structural financial problems, and to artificially come in with a freeze, I think would have been irresponsible. But it was a it was a campaign promise when the when the NDP I think didn't really think at the beginning of that campaign they were going to win, and so they promised the moon to everybody. We're going to we're going to reduce housing prices. We're going to reduce uh, hydro prices. We're going to freeze ICBC rates. We're going to make the cost of living go down. Lo and behold, they come into government, they're faced with the fiscal reality, which is, no, you can't make the cost of living go down. You're going to make the cost of living go up, and you're going to wear it. Exactly. Uh, One other one, too, and you mentioned this, uh, the payroll tax. And I think we are going to hear more about this as more and more businesses come forward saying uh, we need to pass this on. It's uh, I mean, they were, uh, I think, blindsided is the best word for it. Oh, I totally agree. In the budget lockup. Uh, we went into the number, the big surprise. We when we opened up the documents, everyone, whoa, where did this come from? Uh, there had been no hint of this whatsoever. It was true that they had promised to get rid of the MSP. Nobody had their heads around how they were going to replace, you know, close to two billion dollars in lost revenue. Where where are you going to make that money? And I think there had been an assumption that it would be made through. Uh, sort of uh, incorporating the MSP structure into the income tax system. That's something Andrew Weaver of the Green Party was advocating. That's what they do in Ontario. But no, this is a brand new tax on employers. And you're right, we're going to hear lots more about this uh, going ahead in the, in the coming months, uh, if not uh, even longer, because there's going to be a, there already are a number of businesses stepping forward and saying, wait a minute, uh, this is an, an extra 20000 30000 hundred thousand dollar cost to my our bottom line we can't afford it we're going to have to lay some people off so you know the speculation tax that was that's a big headache and a big controversy the government had to dial that back where they're stuck on this payroll tax jill it brings in so much money 1.8 billion dollars over the course of a full year full fiscal year that any any tinkering with it could result in the loss of potentially hundreds of millions of dollars in lost revenue and that would turn that budget uh, surplus, which is barely under $300 million, into a deficit very quickly. And that's the problem Carol James has going forward. This is this is a gift from the heavens for the B.C. Liberals, because they suddenly have two taxes that they had no part of uh, to beat the NDP over the head with. I mean, they can't talk about ICBC or, you know, a number of things that they ran for 16 years, but these are two new unpopular taxes that uh, they can use as, as uh, arrows in their quiver to fire away at the NDP. Uh, plus the the payroll tax too. Is there not an overlap in that is actually going to come in before yeah. MSP is phased out? That's right. There's a there's a, a double uh, double whammy for businesses uh, where they're going to be paying uh, the well businesses that pay for the MSP premiums that their employers are are their employees are going to be paying those premiums as well as paying this new tax for for six for a few months. And this is a tax of you know, close to two percent on your payroll, and if it's a, it's a, for some businesses, I think it's going to be a real problem to be able to meet these new expenses because a number of them, uh, you know, their their profit margins are are bare to almost nothing after they pay their employees and themselves, and to suddenly get hit with this uh, tax, particularly the double whammy when they're paying MSP as well. Uh, it's going to put some businesses in seri- serious financial uh, precarious situation, and it may result in layoffs. And it's, the Liberals, I think, are going to dine out on this for the ne- for the rest of this legislative session, and probably the fall session as well, because that payroll tax begins January first, and the Liberals are going to be laying the, the groundwork. I think probably pretty effectively that this tax is unfair to a lot of businesses. 
All right. On that happy note, on the first day of the fiscal year, Keith, thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Happy Easter. (laughs) Thanks again. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.